because you know everyone puts you in a box everyone has told me oh i want to do computer science oh no you can't do it it's a man's course okay watch me do it oh i want to i want to become a youtuber ah, you're already doing many things and you're shy okay watch me do it oh i want to write a book oh no don't write a book it won't sell okay watch me do it so like i have constantly crawled out of or rather broken boxes that people have put me in subconsciously um and obviously it has not been the easiest thing to do because there will always be setbacks in this life one of my best quotes is talk less listen more right because the person that talks doesn't learn because you're already only talking about what you know but if you listen you have the opportunity to get more so put yourself in expose yourself to opportunities put yourself in spaces where you would learn more listen to what people are saying and always have that learning mindset grit is also very important because to be honest life will test you like things will happen to you so you know having that grit and that resilience and that tenacity to keep pushing regardless of whatever is happening is also a very 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 important trait to have Welcome to another episode of Stories That Shape Us. This week, we've got with us Adora Onwodo, who is a software engineer, multi-published author, digital creator, and the founder of Nexoscale, a social enterprise. In this episode, we'll be discussing Adora's upbringing and lessons that she's learned. We'll also be talking about happy hotel moments and how she's grown to where she currently is. We hope you enjoy this one. Hi, Adora. Welcome to our um, podcast, Stories That Shape Us. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. Thank you for having me. Oh, great. Um, and how has your week been so far? It Honestly, this has been one of the most hectic weeks in a very long time. And I can't wait for it to end. I miss my mommy. I want to sleep. <laughs> How has it been, been hectic though? Um, I've been, so I'm planning a launch for something that I'm announcing in a couple of days. Okay. And um, it's been hectic doing that coupled with my job and, you know, a bunch of like private personal things that have been happening. It's like everything chose to happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. And managing that is, has managing that hasn't been the easiest thing to do basically wow and how long will this period go for for you do you know um uh, everything should end by the beginning of next month my life should be back to normal <laughs> hopefully hopefully or whatever whatever version of normal my life is in these days my life should be my life should be back to that soon hopefully okay okay well i'm hoping it goes very well um really it's it's such it's an honor to like have you here thank you very much for for coming so we'll jump right to it like i said we'll start with rapid fire questions and this will be about five to seven questions and like you've got five seconds for each question so don't just just give me that like i can't see your head don't don't overthink i shouldn't think okay that's fine no problem and don't be diplomatic as well (laughs) i will try my best but okay okay Question one, what is your favorite book? Favorite book, Hit Refresh, Satya Nadella. Oh, okay. Okay. And why is that, you, why is that your favorite book, actually? Um, 
the so the book made me fall in love with microsoft again essentially because i read this book in 2018 Mm -hmm. um and like reading his story and just like seeing the evolution of what the company was and what the company has become was pretty inspiring for me and i'm like okay I'm inspired by this person. So I don't even know whether it's about the book or the person or they're both, you know, together in some way. But yeah, um, that book really inspired me a lot and also made me very interested in emerging technologies, to be honest, because prior to that, I was fine doing being a mobile dev. Wait, you were a mobile dev? Really? I used to be. I used to be an Android dev. No way. Because I was an Android dev as well. I was joking. When was this? I used to be uh, 2016, 2017. You know, I used to be an Android dev back in the day. It's funny because I remember I was an Android dev around that time. So there was this Andela learning community. I think ALC1 or something that I just come out. So I did the course with them. So hit refresh by Satya Nadella, favorite book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question two, favorite holiday destination. Uh, what's the name of this place? I know it's, uh, no, it's not, um, it's in Santorini. Thank you. Santorini in Greece. Mykonos, Mykonos kept popping in my head. I'm like, no, it's not Mykonos, it's the other place. <laughs> so I had to think, well, but yeah, definitely Santorini. Oh, Santorini. I've not been yet though. So I've not been, okay. but I like, like I see the pictures and I like, you know, I don't know that's a quality mountain, but that whole white thing and then your houses are like kind of on a hill and there's water in front of you. I feel like water is very peaceful. Mm -hmm. So generally, I like holiday destinations that are around water. You know, that's definitely my vibe. Okay. Um, So yeah, water is always going to be my vibe. But like, I think that one is, it looks like an Instagram filter. And I think I'm going there at some point very soon. So yeah, definitely Santorini for me right now. Name the three okay. most influential people in your life. Three most influential people in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, huh. Chimamanda okay. is the first one. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that I can't box the second into one person, but my entire family, because from my dad to my brothers to my mom, They've played, each of them, like, they've all played roles in my mm. life, right? No matter how small. And the third entity, I wouldn't say person, because the second thing is not a person, it's a group of people. But the third, <laughs> so Chimamanda, my family, <laughs> Chimamanda, Chimamanda, my family, and my primary five math teacher. May God rest his oh. soul. He's dead now. He died of, I think, Ooh, cancer. I'm so sorry to hear that. But I think, um, but yeah, I think he's one of the reasons why I fell, apart from, you know, the fact that I liked to code when I was small and I was pressing computer and all of that mm-hmm. at a very young age. He's one of the reasons why I fell in love with math. And my love for math also influenced my love for programming. And sometimes I think, that's why I'm here today. So I don't think that if he wasn't in my life the way he was at that time, I would be here. Because apart from being my math teacher in class, he was someone that was very, like he saw potential in me. I was very invested in my life and my career. And at some mm-hmm. point, he was even like my, I, he was like my lesson teacher at home. 
for a while. And I know what that did, you know, for me in like my foundational years. So he definitely be a third person. Wow. Okay. So Chimamanda. His name is Uncle Sunday. Uncle Sunday. <laughs> yes. But Uncle Sunday ha- his name has Uncle to Sunday, be the show. Yes. <laughs> and your family. Of course, I know their family. Yeah, I know. I know. But like, um, w- yeah. what makes them so special or so influential in your life? Uh, I'm, I'm a last born, so everybody, everybody, you know, is looking for ways to, you know, help you, make you grow. So it's like, oh, we've made all these mistakes with each other. We've made all these mistakes with the first set of children we have. Now we have you and we want to make sure that your life goes smoothly. So everyone in my family has had a part to play in my life, in my career, in, you know, how my life has gone in my mm. journey, you know, generally. So um, I'll definitely give it to them. I mean, my father is the one that bought me my first computer that inspired me to be here. My mother's prayers and my mother's, you know, countless advice and her teaching me how to always be kind and mm. graceful. Like, you can't top that. My brother's, you know, guiding me through career and, you know, life and plugging me to opportunities and things like that. So, like, there are different things that everyone has done that's, is the reason why I am seated in front of this computer having this conversation. With gotcha. You right now. Okay. We'll come back to this because there, there are still some questions I'd like to like ask there. Okay. Yeah. So we'll start with talking about your new book. Like huge congratulations on the launch and release Thank of the you. beginning Azure DevOps book. Um, for, for folks listening, Thank that you. will be um, linked in the show notes. So please um, support Adora's work and um, you know, buy as many copies as you can. Like, just, just buy as many copies as you can. Um, <laughs> Please, by all means, buy for your friends, buy for your mentees that are mm-hmm. still in school, buy for yourself, buy for your family members. Please just support the ministry. Let's, let's, let's keep, keep it moving, moving so that we can be empowered to write more books, you know. Okay, so question yeah. one. How has that journey been like for you? You know, writing a book, um, launching it, getting, like, reviews from people, people are... I, I was going through your LinkedIn two days ago, so when I like I was looking through some of the comments, like congratulations, this is great, this is inspiring, way to go. Walk me through that journey from your point of view. How has that been like? Uh, it's been motivating, mm-hmm. but it's also been tasking, if I'm being honest, because it's like, you know, when it's it's good to have people. Like, it's good to inspire people and have people look up to you. But there's also a pressure of, oh my gosh, a lot of people look up to me. I don't want to ever disappoint them or mess these things up, right? And what this means in the context of authoring is that, oh, I want to make sure that the books that I'm writing are books that keep adding value to people. I want to make sure that, you know, these books go far and touch, like, you know, different regions, different parts of the world, different people in different demographics and things like that. And it's nice to see, like, one of the things that actually kept me going is the fact that I just be in my own, you know, minding my own business, living my life. And I'll get a DM from somebody saying, oh, I read this book or I attended this talk that you gave and um, pushed me to do X, Y, Z, and now I have a certification. Someone DM'd me one day about how I said some things to them, and, you know, not to them directly, but, like, they were in a session that I spoke at, and some things I said really inspired them about, some things I said about failure really inspired them, and then they went on to just start looking for remote jobs, not caring about whether they got rejected or not, because they knew that one would click, 
and they eventually got a remote wow. job in Europe, you know. So things like that are things that will just make me feel like, well, because I mean, I'm human. There's some days I'll wake up and be like, mm. please, I'm tired. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to write. I don't want to speak. I just want to lie down and press for all day. But when you remember how many people, the little things that you've done in your corner um, have been inspired, you're just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to stand up and do this thing today, even if I don't feel like it, because I know there'll be people that will benefit from it. So it hasn't been an easy journey, and there's also a little bit of pressure there, but we know what mm. we signed up for. Basically. Okay, so when you got the book, because I think I saw a photo of you, I don't remember where, I'm at. was it Twitter? I think I saw a photo where you had like posted, like you had just received the book, etc. How did you feel at that moment? I cried. I cried. I held the first time I held the book in my hands because it's not even my first book, right? But this book is, also, is is special to me. It's important because it's my first book with a big time publisher. Like the first book I wrote, I self published, and that book got a lot of attention. That I also got a publisher's mm. attention, right? So this is like my first book with a big time publisher, and. So funny story, the person, when I knew that the book was coming, but I didn't know the day it was coming. So when the book came, the delivery company didn't call and say, oh, um, I'm coming to your house today to deliver this. Are you going to be around like they mm-hmm. normally do in Nigeria? Someone just shows up, oh, I'm at your gates. Please, I brought them something for you. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And I clarify, like, am I the one? I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, okay. I'm busy right now. I'm in a meeting. I'm going to send someone to sign on my behalf and take it. And they're like, no, madam, you have to come downstairs and sign it by yourself. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. You can't bring me out of my meeting or the work that I'm doing. When you mm. didn't communicate to me prior that you were coming today and you expect me to stand up and leave everything I'm doing. So it's either you're going to wait for me or you're going to give it to somebody else. But I can't leave what I'm doing right now to come downstairs. So I was already unhappy because of the bad customer service right and i'm just like so when eventually the guy budged and you know gave the cut the box to someone else that i sent to go pick it up for me downstairs so the person brings my you know brings the package upstairs and you're like oh what's inside and like oh no don't worry come out let me um open it by myself and i I was already even angry like i I wonder how you (laughs) sent all these things so i'm tired you know, you know, you know the yep. normal like you know human behavior because I'm not, I'm no longer hmm. happy at that point because of the way that interaction had gone and everything. And I opened the book, I opened the package, I you know tear the cello tape, everything, take out the things at the top, and then I see books. And I'm like, oh wow. And I, and I. I, sh- I I cried for like for like three seconds anyway, but I cried right. See what it is. Um, I cried be- and it was more tears of I don't want to say tears of joy, but more tears of thanksgiving. Mm. If that makes sense. Because I'm like, wow, I I cannot believe like this book is real. I'm touching it mm. in my hand. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. Holding it for the first time was really amazing. It even took a while, like a couple of days, for me to realize that, oh, this thing is actually here, it's real. <laughs> okay. Now, on, on your website, um, you describe yourself. I'm just going to read it. Software engineer, multi-published author, and tech content creator, and so many other things um, as well. When you look back on your journey, 
um, you know, growing, learning. What would you say have been some of your pivotal moments on the journey to getting to where you are just now? Um, I think there are okay. a couple. I think going back, like from the very beginning, I think the first pivotal moment was getting the computer and playing with it and falling in love with computing generally. This happened when I was six or seven. I don't remember the age anymore. Um, the next one for me was the choice I made to study computer science. I remember I caused fights in my house because my father was like, go on and do computer engineering. I was like, no, dear, <laughs> science, just choice. Because I had done research and I had spoken to one of my elder brother's friends. He was getting a master's from MIT at the time. But I had a conversation and I just knew that based on, you know, the conversation that we had, I knew that it was computer science. I wanted to do computer engineering because I felt like computer engineering was more hardware inclined, you know, and I, I, I wasn't trying to build a career in the hardware space because I was already writing code prior. So I knew that I wanted to keep yep. writing code. I just, you know, that, you know, that time was a traditional, you go to school, graduate, you get a job. So I just wanted to mm -hmm. make it formal and official that I will graduate and get a job so I can become a programmer actually by all standards and they are coming to tell me engineering no but i was you know eventually able to convince my family so that went smoothly the third for me was um when i got my internship my first internship i worked there for the normal it that you do in nigerian schools you know where you work for mm -hmm. six months um internship so i worked there for six months and after my six months i refused to go really so I went back to school in final year and I became a working student. And I made that decision because I didn't know if if I come back, the job will still be here for me. Because it's a very small company, right? And then you leave, they will hire somebody else. And then when you come back, it's like, ah, there's no space for you again. And me and my, me and my dad already, we had had our issues because he got me a job mm -hmm. in a bank and I said, I'm not coming. And you know when you make all these calls and you you know hype your daughter and you get everyone to the point where they're now expecting the woman to come to the office on day one and i don't show up <laughs> so there was already you know my, my dad wasn't happy mm -hmm. with me you know about what had happened right so um so yeah obviously i had to make sure that i kept mm -hmm. that job um, so that I don't have to go back to him. That was another thing. And then the final thing was um, not going for my master's immediately. I right. graduated. Um, I, I stayed back and I joined Microsoft. And now I'm currently in business school, right? About to graduate from business school. So it's like I got the postgraduate um, thing. And I've also, you know, found a way to still be in a job, grow technically. I'm just thinking about the fact that in terms of the level that I am now in Microsoft, if I had gone for a master's, mm. I don't think, and, you know, counting like, you know, promotions and levels and things like that, I don't think I'll be at that level right now, you mm. know, if that makes sense. I wouldn't be. I'll be at least two years behind. Um, so I'm glad that I didn't do that to myself at the time. And I think that, you know, those little things in their own way have contributed to, you know, the reason why I am here doing a bunch of all the things that mm -hmm. I am doing, you know, getting exposed to the things I've gotten exposed to, meeting people that I've met that have done, because these are like the key moments that 
you know, made me meet someone and then through that person I met someone else and then because of that something happened. So I'm not going to mention those other things because those are just like right. spin-offs. But these are like the moments that led up to the, you know, bigger things that have happened. Right, okay. Me. So let's take maybe one of those big things or a few of them. Let's take um, writing books and courses, for example. So um, like I saw your course or article on educative as well. I know like you, you, you've done um, quite a, a number of things in that space. How did you get involved or into the field of um, writing books, writing courses from, you know, uni to working? At what point did that become a thing for you? And what was that journey of transitioning into that space? Okay, so I've always been a okay. teacher, right? I like to teach. Um, Right from primary school, I'm that person that people would gather around me because I'm supposed to, I'm teaching them math right before the exam. Same thing with secondary school, same thing with uni. So you've graduated from uni, you still want to teach. What's the next thing that you do? You start to teach people online because now you can't, you don't have like pe- access to like, you know, people in the classroom or things that you can teach anymore. So that was definitely bound to happen with me in terms of like creating courses and teaching but writing books, the first book I wrote was, it was a spontaneous decision. It was a spur of the moment um, inspiration that came. I knew that I wanted to teach about the cloud. And to be honest, before I wrote a book on the cloud, I was actually already like teaching about the cloud. So I'd done some technical talks on cloud right. engineering. I had written some articles, you know, I'd done some things. And I just woke up one day and I'm like, hmm. I think I'll also write the book. <laughs> and that was it, pretty much. And I, I just, you know, did it. So a bunch of things that I have done have actually been very spontaneous. Interesting. But you sort of like had some experience in that area before you like moved. Really? Nope. I do I do a lot of things afraid. I do a lot of things afraid. Okay. Tell me a bit about that though. Like yeah. You just think about an, an idea that you have in mind. You think about, um, and you just jump into it. Yeah, I think about an idea, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And then I start to think, oh, what are the resources oh, required for me to do this? Do I need people? Do I need expertise in a certain area? Do I need to go learn this thing? Do I need to make connections here? Do I need to beg people to join me to do this thing? You know, like, I think about random things, and I'm like, hmm. And then I'll think, oh, I want to write a book that does this. Oh, who can I contact that can do this with me? Okay, let me call this person. I'll pick up my phone. How far? I have this crazy idea. Are you interested? Let's do it, right? So a bunch of things that have happened, a bunch of things that I've done have been pretty spontaneous. I'm, you know, straight to the point. That's how I've always been, So again, I'm going to ask a question around this because I'm trying to like... um get some tips or like values from this that can extrapolate for our listeners when you look at your behind the scenes you know the journey you've mentioned things like working with people so for example networking is is part of that what skill sets or core values would you say have helped you in your career journey to get into where you are yeah what skill sets have you contributed to where i am I'm a learner. I'm a big learner. I'm very curious. Like, if you spend one day with me, I'll probably say why hmm. 20 times. I'll probably say how eight times. Because, like, I, I want to know. Tell me why. Tell me how. Like, tell hmm. me what. Tell me where. Like, let's get this right. 
I'm always asking questions because I feel like that's how I may not necessarily appear that way on social media because to be honest, social media is not even a place where I want to pick up things. There are lots of weird opinions and you know things that just jump at you and then filtering the noise might get really hard real quick. Um, so like in my personal life, for example, in my daily interactions with people, I constantly am asking questions. That's how I learn. And I'm surrounded by people that are a lot older okay. than me, right? So always, always want to learn from them, always asking them questions. I'm also never I'm also not afraid to fail, right? Also because I have like a learning culture. Um, right. And I am I'm a very lazy <laughs> hard worker. That's a- if that makes sense. So and I think <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's one of the reasons why I'm able to do a lot of things. Cause for me, productive like my definition of productivity is maximum results, mm. minimum efforts. Right? So I, I don't do activity. Like you'll never find me busy for being busy. I'm busy because in this busyness, four amazing things mm. are going to come out of it. Do you get what I mean? So I I create processes systems and i use tools that just like make me more productive so i'm able to do more with you know less with less time um i think those are like the two very big things i learn a lot from everyone Mm -hmm. around me that i you know consider worthy or consider people that you can learn from and then I'm, i'm also very I create structures that, you know, skyrocket my productivity a lot of times. And I feel like a lot of things. Okay. Like you won't, you won't find me in, apart from my friends I'm just in with, you won't find me having mm. unproductive conversations or doing a lot of unnecessary. I don't have time. Right. Okay. Right. So you learn yeah. and you create effective structures. We'll talk about effective structures in a bit, but, um, Doubtlessly, like you've interacted with so many people who've asked you questions. I'm sure maybe your Twitter DMs, your LinkedIn DMs are like swarmed with people who want to find out, you know, how they can make the most of their careers, what they can do. And and I'd, this is the part where I'd want you to like give me some advice to someone who is listening, um, who is pa- perhaps in the university doing a technology related course, thinking, I want to be great at my career. I want to do something great with my life and, um, and the course I'm learning. What would your advice be to them? Um, I would say stay true to yourself and always ask, always ask for help and keep quiet when you don't know so that you can listen. Like, so my biggest, one of my best quotes is talk less, listen more, right? Because the person that talks Mm. doesn't learn because you're already only talking about what you know. But if you listen, you have the opportunity to get more. So put yourself in expose yourself to opportunities, put yourself in spaces where you would learn more, listen to what people are saying and always have that learning mindset. Grit is also very important because to be honest, yep. life will test you. Like things will happen to you. So, you know, having that grit and that resilience and that tenacity to keep pushing regardless of whatever is happening is also a very, very, very important trait. Right. Now, let's, that's a perfect segue to talking a bit about like, how you go through the difficult or low periods, right? Um, because again, it's very easy for people to look at your life and just be like, oh my goodness, like she's just cruising, you know, hitting it back to back, getting all the deals. <laughs> Adora superstar, mm-hmm. big names for the win. Um, 
talk to me a bit about some of the low times for you and how you've gotten through them. If I'm being very honest, low times are typically just mm. rejections. I've not had like, oh my gosh, like a very low. Maybe it's because I'm still young or maybe it's because <laughs> I have Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> or both. I don't know. But I've not had like many, I've not had like low times. But, you know, I've gotten a few rejections here and there. And for me, like, uh, it's like, okay, cool, whatever. The game is the game. We'll try again. One big rejection that has affected my life was actually a rejection from Google. So in 2018, I interviewed with Google. And the funny thing is, if you ask me when I was younger, wake me up from my sleep. What do you want to work? If I don't say Google, I'll say Microsoft. Right. That's all, that has always been the thing for me. And then 2018, there was a Google interview in Europe that I did. And I did that interview. And it's not like as if I do not know mm. tech, you know, or have technical knowledge or things like that. I just, for some weird reason, couldn't speak in public. And it's weird because like right now we're sitting down having mm-hmm. a conversation which is going to be in public, but like a couple years ago, like six mm. years ago, I couldn't do that, right? And obviously that cost me my interview, not because I wasn't technically sound, because I'm a computer science graduate with a first class from Unilag, and I did like serious computer mm. science things in school. I was not doing Fortran and all these other things that they do in other universities. Like we actually wrote code, we designed mm. things, you know, we did a lot, right? And I was a very active student. I built apps. So it's not even like as if I didn't know how to code or anything. I just got into my own head when it was time for the interview. And, you know, when they ask you technical questions, you're supposed to work with the interviewer, you know, carry them along through your thinking process and things like that. They just told me questions. I wrote code (laughs) and I said I finished. Like as if it's why I'm I'm serious. Like as if it's why because I didn't want to talk because I was too scared. I didn't want to have a conversation with a stranger because I was afraid because I had gone to an interview before, like two years prior to that, when I was looking for internships and I was very assertive in the interview and the CEO did not like that very much. And obviously that made me feel like "Ah, maybe I'm disrespectful. And I started putting myself down. I started Mm -hmm. like, do you get what I mean? Like I started, I just decided that, okay, I Mm. should, I will stop talking, but maybe talking is not. Right. And obviously I had now like created that thing for myself. And I was very deep into that very weird culture mm. of not talking in serious situations. So when I, you know, during that interview, I did not talk because I felt like that was the right thing to do. And I was wow. also even so afraid to talk. And obviously that cost me my interview. And then obviously I got a rejection the next day. <laughs> no time. <laughs> I mean, no time. I got a rejection the next day and I sort of figured that that was what happened because I had read, you know, cracking the coding interview and all those things. And I, and I knew that, you know, the way I did this mm. interview just did not make sense. So, and that was even why I got into public speaking because even before public speaking, I was already teaching. Like I said, I've always been teaching. I'm a right. teacher generally. But like the reason I got into public speaking was because I wanted to create the, the space for myself to do the things that I was very mm. uncomfortable with, force myself to do it. So public speaking for me, the first talk I gave, I was so frightened, my goodness. It was a right. codify meetup 
the name of the thing was codify yeah somewhere in yaba i think i was so scared right I said, like, as if I didn't know what I was talking about, because I was talking about testing, you know, in Android development. And I was an Android dev, so it made sense to talk about it, because I've been doing these things. Mm. But I was just afraid, right? And I'm like, this guy, and that's also why I launched my YouTube channel at the time, because I need to become very comfortable with talking to strangers, whether it is online or offline. And obviously, that failure has been a low that has now become a very high for me because because you know I became a public speaker I you know do other things in my career I'm now recognized and my room yeah. is actually now my name rather mm-hmm. is mentioned in rooms that I on a normal day would not have access to just because of that one thing that happened so I think that's the only low that I can think of that is not a random rejection that like eh, okay no problem close the mail but like that's one low that I say you know has that had that, that has a story you know, attached and to your it. recipe yeah. for like <clears throat> working with those things is just to be like, life happens, let's move on. Yeah, life happens, like the game is the game, like it's not mine, I'll get something else that is mine. I see, I see nose as, uh, okay, you rejected me, that's fine, it's for somebody else, it's not mine, because the one that is my own will not mm. reject me, like that's how I see it, that's how I approach all these things, yeah. So anytime I get a rejection, and it's not even like as if I applied passively like i put in my yeah. best in the application but i still get a rejection i'm just like okay this thing is not mine right. and that's absolutely fine and that's the attitude that i have if you know in cases where i can learn from that i will learn from it and i'll move on to the next thing in cases where maybe it was just random and it wasn't mine it's just mine mm, it's just I not mine you. you get and that's also very fine so i don't i don't stress myself about a lot of things um, so you, you, you've spoken about how you are a lazy, productive person, right? But you also mentioned about how you are um, very inquisitive and like you like ask you ask questions a lot. So when you have projects or tasks, how do you go about like structuring your, your time to work effectively on that? Maybe that's a more appropriate way of asking that question. Okay, so when I have projects, how do I structure my time? Um... I time box a lot of things and that actually helps my brain work. So for example, I look at work and I'm like, oh, I want to be done with this peer in one hour. Because if I say, oh, I want to be done with this peer, the truth is I will take a long time. I can drag my feet to get the, you know, code done and everything. But if I say I want to be done with this peer in one hour, now there's a time constraint and somewhere in my brain, I have to Hmm. meet that deadline, right? So I time box a lot of things um, and I also block out a lot of time for me to work because distractions are real at the office and outside, right? So even within the office, if you are working and people are pinging you on Slack, on Teams, you know, help me, help me, help me. And you dedicate your whole day to answering people that are pinging you, you would see that Mm. you wouldn't get a lot of things done. Not saying you shouldn't help people, but one idea that I go with is that I, I block my calendar. So I'm blocking my calendar outside of work hours. Don't reach me. I'm not here. In during work, it's true. During work hours, except you know when there are deadlines, and I'm like, okay, we have to work because hmm. we have to ship this thing. I'm willing to you know, come in and do these things. But like regular work hours, please, after work hours, don't reach me. I'm not here. Because mm. I have other things that I'm doing, right? And I need to go attend to them as well. Like, you've, you've rightfully said I'm a speaker, I'm, I write. So, like, I need to make time for those things as well, right? During work hours, I also block time. You know, this is 
personal time for me to get work done. So if you actually need to be, you know, in contact with me for whatever reason, I'm free from 1 p.m. Yeah. to 3.30 p.m. I'm just okay. giving like a random time here. Anything outside this box, you can text me, oh, but you probably say I will reply. It's gotcha. not really, you know. So apart from, you know, the fact that I time box things, I also... I work a lot with my calendar. So basically, if it's not on my if it's not mm. on my calendar, it's not there. I will forget it. I will miss it. I work with my calendar because if it's not with my calendar, my life will be very chaotic because mm-hmm. of all the different things that I'm doing. So I plan my life a lot with my calendar. I also obviously create space for other people because I know that um yep. you are not alone in your life. You need people, people need you. Um and I over-communicate a lot. When I'm working with someone, I'm always giving them timely updates about things, you know, as frequently as possible, just so that we are on the same page at every given time. Not wasting to update any tickets. Doesn't mean I wouldn't update the tickets, but like even before I update it, before I get to updating it, I'm sending you a message like, oh, yo, this is the problem I'm having, or this is the approach I'm taking to solve right. this thing. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Or So I'm, I'm an okay. over-communicator. Um, that's one thing that I know that I do. Maybe it's because I also talk so much. So I'm just always looking for opportunities to keep talking. I don't know, but okay. I am an overcomplicator. And it's part right, of okay. how I work. That makes a lot of sense now. So I'm I'm putting together all the pieces in my head. And I'll give you a very short summary at the end of this episode. But um, yes, it is, it's making <laughs> sense to me. I've got a bit two or three more questions. And we're actually done with this. Um, Adora, once again, this has been great. Um, even just like hearing your story, um, like inspired to keep on working on, on on my own journey as well let's talk a bit about imposter syndrome thank you right um is that something you've experienced before um and if yes have you dealt with it even though that's fine as well have i experienced imposter syndrome i, I think okay. the truth is everyone has but it's not like oh it's not like you think oh oh my gosh this is my imposter syndrome story right, day okay. in my life of imposter syndrome i don't know right so like everyone has those moments once in a while where you don't feel like even in the little things like oh for example mm-hmm. you want to apply for something and um you feel like oh okay let me let me apply for mm-hmm. the smaller one and someone comes and tells you no you are big enough to do the bigger one i'm like gotcha okay sure I do it right so Sometimes me, because I I think I'm a realist. Sometimes in me being realistic, I feel like I am lowballing myself. Gotcha. And I don't even know. Right. So that's my own version of imposter syndrome, where I feel like, oh, let's be <laughs> honest now. Uh, uh-uh. I'm just going to speak. So I don't have this. I don't have that. If I apply mm. for this thing, they won't answer me. So in my, because I want to in quotes mm-hmm. keep it real. Sometimes I might be restricting myself um how i've gotten it like how i've been able to manage that is you know having people around just constantly tell me that you're a big deal Mm. just in case you forgot i'm telling you now that you are and you know that helps as well a lot of times um okay so sorry so people that say positive affirming messages or things about you goes a long way in helping you not think less of yourself basically a support a support system yes I told you I'm getting all these pieces. I'm giving. I'm going to give you a summary soon. All right. So, um, looking back on your journey, would you do anything differently? In my career, no. I think I like okay. the way my career has gone. In my life, yes, I'll play more because I thought that when I get older, mm-hmm. there will be time to play. But it's like, <laughs> excuse me. There's there's more work. I don't know what's happening. So, <laughs> 
So definitely, I would, I would, you know, if I could go back, I would definitely play more. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't do anything in my career differently. I think, I think I've had wise counsel mm. all my life. So I've always, I've not made any drastic. I don't even think I've made any career mistake. If I'm being honest, so there's nothing I can say. Okay, I would have probably right. done. Right. Okay. So, so you've not made career mistakes, and you're attributing that to the fact that you've had lots of wise people in your network, and by by you talk to you, by you talk to, by you ask questions, etc. So you're more informed, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I make I make a lot of informed decisions. I don't do things blindly most times. I watch people and the mistakes they make. And then when they are done, I will okay. now do my own. Okay. Right. That, so that um I learned from I learned from everybody's mistake. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah, and that's that's how my gotcha. life. Gotcha. Okay. Been, so. so I said we we had just one question left, right? We have two, sorry, Dora. I, I've just added one more. Um what's next for you? So we've just had this book launch again, folks. Please, please, please do um check out the link and, and support. Um what's the next big thing for you? that you're working um, towards in this in this season next for me should probably be out by the time this podcast goes live um starting a i'm calling it a social enterprise because it's a nice social enterprise is nicer mm-hmm. than saying non-profits so i'm starting a social enterprise um called nexa scale and the plan there is to help that's what i said i was launching you know beginning of the next mm. month that was stressing me out the plan is to create programs you know that help people get work experience because the truth is everybody's mm. learning digital skills now but we have the entry-level market is very mm-hmm. saturated many people are hiring many people are looking for jobs there's a disconnect mm. something is not just balancing so i have you know i've, I've sat down thought about this problem created a framework come with um, you know, a bunch of my friends and some other people that I think are pretty inspiring, spoken to them about this. And, you know, I put together that team and then we created this thing that is supposed to help at least solve a part of the problem. We're just one nonprofit, mm-hmm. so we can't solve it for everybody. But at least the goal is to start and hopefully inspire more other nonprofits to, you know, do the same thing. Because now I'm not teaching people mm-hmm. digital skills. There are many people doing that already, but when you get digital skills, I'm trying to get you to your first opportunity, gotcha. to your first job. Um, so that's that's what this is about. So yeah, that's the next thing that I will be launching. Okay, and we are waiting for it. Like we are, um, you know, rooting for it, praying it, it all goes well, and wishing you all the very best. I've got one question. <laughs> so we started with rapid fire questions, right? And sometimes I t- I ask this question to most of our guests and sometimes i ask them at the beginning but i'm asking you at the end now if your life was a book what would its title be if my life was a book what would its title be the title is already taken great grit great there's a book called grit yeah great yeah i didn't even know that mm-hmm. okay so your life's story will be titled great yeah so great the power of passion and perseverance that's the name of the book by angela okay. duckworth so what would yeah, be your own tagline now like you can't just say great and, and end it there what what would be the subtitle um maybe 
pushing beyond boundaries or pushing beyond limits, something like that. But yeah, great pushing beyond, you know, limits or boundaries. Because, you know, everyone puts you in a box. Everyone has told me, oh, I want to do computer science. Oh, no, you can't do it. It's a master. <laughs> okay, watch me do it. Oh, I want to I want to become a YouTuber. Ah, you're already doing many things and you're shy. Hmm. Okay, watch me do it. Oh, I want to write a book. Oh, no, don't write a book. It won't sell. Okay, watch me do it. So, like, I have constantly crawled out of or rather broken boxes mm. that people have put me in subconsciously um and obviously it has not been the easiest thing to do because there will always be yeah. setbacks in this life first of all we're in nigeria nepal will take light your internet will not work you know something mm. will frustrate you things will happen to you that will just make you have to push more mm. to get what you want so i think that my story is you know a story of like great if i'm being honest so that would definitely be the title of a book about my gotcha. career if i wanted like but a book about my life maybe something around enjoyment <laughs> living the soft just, life <laughs> for the sake of this podcast living the soft life thank you but for the sake of this podcast okay. let's I know, can i cheat a little actually <laughs> so i've done this like once or twice can i cheat a little and, and ask you another question okay good what are you most okay. grateful for as you look back on your life what I'm most grateful for, um, I think I'm great. I'm most, huh? I'm most grateful for the family I was born into. Obviously, we're human beings. We're adults. You know, we all have their, we all have our ups and downs. There are days I look like how oh, my parents are stressing me. My goodness, right? My siblings are annoying me. I'm tired, right? But the truth is, the level of exposure that I have gotten, things that I have done, just people that, you know, I have been exposed to. Lots of things that have happened uh, as a result of hmm. my parents and my siblings. And a huge part of who I am is because of them. Um, I don't know if that's because I'm last born, so everybody was very invested in my life. But I think, I think that, yeah, these are the people that I am most grateful Absolutely. For. And that brings our episode to a wrap. Um, like I said, I was going to give you a short summary, which I will thank still you. do. Um, but thank you, Adora. I really appreciate you. Okay. Your life's been an inspiration, like I said. Your work ethic, your balancing laziness with productivity, um, your network, your family. Again, hearing your story makes me appreciate the importance or impact of a great family on, on a person's life your ability to like take risks and just you know i'm just going to do it what's it was like i could happen or your um these spontaneous ideas that you come up with and you find people that come along with you on that journey um surrounding yourself with people that you listen to learning from people's mistakes being curious um those are just some things that i've learned from your journey um and i'm hoping many people listening to this as well will be inspired by this by, by this journey and story of yours so thank you very much and please do enjoy the rest of your day okay thank you so much um thank you for inviting me thank you for having me again please get my book um find me on social media connect with me if you have any questions that you want to ask me that someone couldn't get to ask me on social media ask me on the timeline it's easier to get me on the timeline than in my dms ask me on the timeline i'll be more fantastic and for folks listening we'll thank link you. um all adora's socials i think she's got like 70 or something like we'll link all, all, all of them <laughs> we'll link all of them <laughs> um so yeah, you can connect with her but yes that's the end
Thank you very much for joining us on today's episode. If you like this episode, do us a massive favor and please subscribe, share, and give us a review. We'll be very keen to hear how it went for you. Until next time, please keep sharing your stories. Bye.